Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and I'm very excited. This is a, a real treat that we have today. Uh, we're going to be uh, out of the reality TV universe uh, for, a, for a little bit to uh, talk to a guy who uh, is the author of a new book called uh, How Fantasy Sports Explains the World. Uh, he is a writer for uh, ESPN.com. Uh, he is also the uh, former Mr. Met and uh, a guy who's well-versed in a number of subjects, including uh, probability and and uh, all sorts of sports stuff. So I'm going to bring in, uh, this is uh, AJ Mass. Uh, AJ, good morning. Good morning, Rob. Uh, pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, uh, really exciting to uh, talk to you as well. And uh, this uh, this podcast sort of came about uh, that you uh, have been a longtime Survivor fan and you were tweeting about Survivor? Yeah, I, I've been tweeting about Survivor. Uh, I also, you know, a lot of times when I'm uh, on ESPN.com and some of my fantasy chats, like I like to bring up things like reality TV and, and shows that are on and I'll make comments about it. And a lot of people, uh, you know, ask me questions about it. Uh, so because I'm a big fan. I'm such a big fan. My wife and I actually are recessional at our wedding was the Survivor theme. <laughs> wow. Yes, indeed. So, in fact, uh, her her sister actually said she didn't start crying until the a a o d o d o d da da, and then she started weeping. So, <laughs> now I'm going to guess that you got married circa the year 2000. Then, ding ding ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right a- at, right after the Richard Hatch season. Absolutely, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> not not too many people are doing the Survivor uh, theme during a wedding in 2011. I would think not. Maybe <laughs> Boston Robin and Amber, but that's about it. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, this is uh, really great because I that you are uh, you know your world is uh, the, you know the fantasy world, but you love Survivor, and uh, my world is. Uh, all this reality TV stuff, but I love fantasy, so this should be a fun conversation. Uh, now, you actually uh, write quite a bit about Survivor uh, in your book. Uh, there's a, ch- a chapter where you uh, get into talking about uh, – you interviewed Yao Man. I did. Yes, and talked about uh, Yao Man's uh, season. Uh, so uh, h- how did that come about? Well, you know, part of the thing with writing this book is that I, I – you know, when you play fantasy sports, you're always, you know – putting these players on your teams that you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, you know, you, you're a fan of these players, but you don't know who they are as people. And I've been a fan of, of a lot of uh, reality TV from the beginning. And Yao Man was one of my favorite players. And I, I was doing a chapter on uh, the art of the deal and trades gone wrong. And it just seemed to me one of the worst trades in all of history was the Yao Man dreams trade Mm-hmm. where uh, he didn't get quite what he bargained for in return uh, when he gave Dreams the car. Yeah, so, uh, well, just to I reset thought, that in case, uh, in case uh, people uh, either – a lot of people try to block out Survivor Fiji, I feel like. But the deal was, uh, as you set up in the book, that if Yao Man was going to uh, – Yao Man had won a car at one of the challenges, and he sort of traded it to Dreams for – that Dreams was going to give up immunity to Yao Man if he won it at Final Four. Right, which would essentially, with a three-person final, ensure that Yao Man was in the finale. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then when they got there, Dreams kind of uh, had deer in headlights and said, I can't do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so I, you know, I wanted to discuss that with Yao Man. So really, I just, I just emailed him. I found his email from uh, where he works, emailed him and said, hey, would you like to talk to me? And you know, I found if you just ask people, uh, you know, 
to talk, they're happy to talk about themselves. And Yao Man was 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 a delight. So it was a great great conversation. So uh, into the book he goes. Yeah, a lot of fun, uh, <laughs> Yao Man. But I always feel like with that trade, why didn't Yao Man just? Uh, why did Yao Man give him the car and then say that, that okay now down the road you just give me the necklace? Why didn't Yao Man say ah ah ah? It's my car. <laughs> you give me you give me the immunity. I'll give you the car. How did dreams end up with the car and the immunity? Well, you know, Yao Man gave <laughs> I suppose Yao Man could have uh taken it back. I actually asked him about that and you know, to Yao Man it was it was uh you know, holding on to his word and yeah. he said, "I will give you the car." And he said, "You know, I will live up to my end of the bargain even if you don't." I mean, that that's just how Yao Man is. And and I I think to him, uh, you know, putting it first and saying, you give me and then I'll give you, uh, that wasn't the deal. He, the deal he made was, and I'm giving you the keys. Here they are. He, and he didn't ask for it back. Yeah. Um, well, and, you know, he, you know, a believer of karma, you know, he was, you know, saying after the fact, you know, like a lot of people were uh, on that cast were asked to go places and talk in front of groups and, you know, Dreams didn't get any calls. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, dreams wasn't on on fans versus favorites, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I just, you know, you would never make that trade in in fantasy or anything like. Okay, I'll give you the guy, and then a couple of weeks from now, if you, you know, you you live up to your end of the of the bargain, and like every trade is okay. Here's your thing. Here's my thing. Uh, just, I feel like Yao Man could have worked that out better. Well, but you know, sometimes people do make trades that are like that. I mean, some people will say, like, especially with a lot named, of bi- yeah, players yeah, be named with, later. With weeks. Yeah, players be named later, but also with bye weeks, it's like people say, you know, like, all right, I'm going to trade to this guy uh, for for your guy, and then in two weeks after the bye weeks are over, you know, we'll swap them back, and you're, they're both operating on faith that the swap back's going to happen. It's quite possible that you know, two weeks time, you're like, uh, oh, uh, you don't know. So uh, someone could pull a dreams on you. It's certainly possible. <laughs> Well, is that pulling a dreams on you? Uh, <laughs> now, w- wouldn't you even say that uh, the uh, Boston Rob uh, Lex uh, fiasco uh, isn't that also a, a good example of this? Well, I, I I don't know if there was as as firm an agreement there. Um, it was a promise, but I don't necessarily think that you can trust that aspect of it. I mean, yeah. This was an exchange of goods, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that, this is something that you could actually take out of the game. I, I think that's where it, this, the, the Dreams deal was a little bit unique. You know, promising like, hey, hey, you, you spare Amber and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll watch your back is a little different. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. And plus, you know, we also were talking about, you know, in that season, you know, all these people already knew each other. There were other interpersonal relationships. You know, I, I prefer the, se- the seasons uh, where, you know, everyone's coming in fresh or at least, you know, most of the cast is coming in fresh because you don't have any of this prior knowledge to how the people play the game or their prior relationships influencing it. Cause I think, I think, yeah, it was probably a little, little sleazy to play advantage of, of a personal friendship there, but you know, Hey, whatever works, right? Well, you talk about it in your book, the difference between playing in a fantasy league with people that are strangers and playing in a league against people, you know, wouldn't you say that survivor all-stars was more like playing in a league of people who all already kind of know each other. And that's where you have, more sort of like just general sleaziness of people uh like people are less likely to totally screw over strangers in the fantasy league because you don't know how that's going to be received by the other people in the league oh i don't know i think there's there's a condition of anonymity there that that actually causes quite the reverse to happen i i think you know 
uh, you know, you might actually be stuck visiting with this person at every Survivor reunion special or, you know, every, every finale for the next, you know, however many seasons it's on. And you, you don't want that guy always staring at you from across the room with, with hatred in his eyes. That's you know? fair. That's fair. Uh, you know, when you, the internet, I mean, you get it on message boards where people will just like say, this person is the biggest jerk ever and he's a moron and how does he have a job and all that. <laughs> if, the, if it was your next door neighbor and not, boy, I read what you wrote today and you're the biggest jerk ever. How, that's not going to happen. So I, I think familiarity is actually kind of breeds a bit of, uh, of, of playing fair or mm-hmm. at least the expectation should be there. But again, you also know what you're going in against. You know, someone like... Uh, Boss and Rob, who's you know devious and sly. Well, why would you trust him? You know, he, you probably already knew that that's he's able to separate the game from real life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, all interesting stuff. That's a, a very nice backdrop for what I want to get into is talking about the big move from this week, where uh, John Cochran uh, decided to flip from his t- original tribe the uh, Savai tribe of, of six people and switch back over to the uh, or switch over to coaches tribe. Uh, and it's been a big debate on Twitter. People are uh, I'd say I, I've been seeing about 75 percent. People think this is a bad move. I think 25 percent of people think it's a good move. But uh, I'm very interested in hearing uh, what your take is on it and uh, if he made the right decision. Well, you know, obviously we have to always couch this, as you know from experience, that we're not always privy to everything that went on. We're only privy to what the editors have chosen to show us. So that's all I'm basing it on. We don't know if there are any other things going on that influenced his decision. But just based on what we've seen on the show, I love the move. I actually think it's the only move he could have made. I am. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that I like the move, but I, I want to hear uh, your reasons before. Uh, I don't want to po- poison you with uh, what my rationale is for uh, why I like it. Well, I mean, if you look at it from from a sheer uh, probability of winning kind of thing, uh, he's in a six person tribe and he's not just a close sixth. He is sixth by a mile. <laughs> he has been with these people from day one, and quite frankly, it's a miracle he's lasted this long, and he knows it. Yeah. They've, and they've be- belittled him at every opportunity. They're not even trying to pretend <laughs> that, that, oh, no, no, we're a unified force. He was told and ordered, basically, we're a unified force, so you go do this or else. Right. And it's like, excuse me, Jim. <laughs> excuse me, Keith. That's not how the game works. Um, you know, so when he sees the other six and they come at him and they say, you know, even though coach is saying we're six strong, we're not going to flip, uh, you got to come over to us, you know, you're going to be number seven, but, you know, you know, don't you want to get back at them kind of thing? The, the, the argument that coach was going, I mean, coach is going after him like that. I guarantee you Albert and Sophie were going after him like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure any of the others were going after him like that. I mean, his interpretation of the, the six strong could very easily be a 3-3 split. Uh, just from the personality and the, and the amount of, of fervor that they go after him. But also, what's the worst that happens? He flips, and instead of being sixth, he's seventh. It's only one spot removed. Right. And while he is absolutely 100% sure of his placement in six and that there are is no way he's going to get any higher in that. Maybe there are cracks that he hasn't seen having been with these people for one day versus the entire time he's been there with the other tribe. So why not go over and at least explore where the cracks may be? 
Yeah. My biggest point was that he wasn't going to win. He wasn't even going to get close to the money. And even if you argue that, okay, well, Jim wouldn't have wanted to go to the finals with Ozzy, so they would have gotten rid of Ozzy maybe, and then there could have been maybe Jim and Dawn and Cochran in the final three. Would anybody have voted him in that scenario where he sort of just like was like the Natalie Tenerelli of like that he just hung on to Jim and somehow got to the end? Uh, well, cer- yeah, certainly not, especially if you consider that in order for him to go that far, you have to assume that much of his tribe is going to go that far with him to maintain a, a majority, which means that you're, you've got the people who are mean to him and, and hate him basically being the ones with him <laughs> right, <laughs> the whole time. And when it comes down to making the arguments in front of final jury, there's no way he can say anything but that he was taken along because they could have cut bait of him any time. So mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a legitimate argument to make at that point. And I don't think at that point, for you know, once he's promised to maybe flip and not flip, that anyone from, from the other from coach's tribe is going to uh, you know, suddenly feel sorry for him at that point. Yeah. Can you come up with an analogy of how uh, Cochran's scenario uh, might be, uh, come up in the world of fantasy? I tried well, to think of this, and well, I, was having, I, I was struggling. I mean, you you could. I mean, conceivably, a lot of leagues have have trade vetoes. Mm-hmm. So, I guess in that sense, you could have a, a league where someone's done a trade, and uh, it comes down to everyone in the league voting on the trade, and you could be the swing vote, mm-hmm. and wh- whether or not a trade goes through or not. And you know, half the league's going to be really pissed at you if you let it go through, and half the league's going to be really pissed at you if you don't. Yeah. So, I I could see a similar situation there. Obviously. I, I don't think you'll be kicked out of the league for voicing, <laughs> yeah. voicing that opinion. But but I, I yeah, you you could be like the swing vote in in a deal. So yeah, there's there's certainly a, a fantasy sports uh, allegory there. Yeah, it it doesn't exactly work out uh, when you talk about it this way. But I was kind of thinking of it, you know, if this is you know, and there's 12 people left on the show, and you talk about how 12 is a very uh, special number in in numerology and in fantasy sports. But uh, I thought it was interesting to talk to you when there was 12 people left in the game. But anyway, so Cochran, he's basically in last place in in this fantasy league uh, of of the Survivor season, and maybe Coach is like in first place. And Cochran and Coach are are making sort of this deal that's going to screw over everybody, like uh, the Aussie and Jim. Maybe they're like in second place, third place, fourth place in the league. And so uh, Cochran's making a deal that, you know, to Aussie and to Jim and to those guys does not look – does not help them because it makes Coach's team almost unbeatable. They want to veto this trade, but Cochran's just doing, doing what he can. He's in last place. It, well, exactly, and at least he's trying to improve his lot. <laughs> in this case, you know, in a fantasy, in a fantasy league, a dump trade probably not going to help him. Although, if if you know, if it's a keeper league and he's got the first round draft pick the next year, and he wants to make sure he loses all the rest of the games to ensure that maybe he does get some benefit out of it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you're in a keeper league, those trades would be allowed. If, if you're if you're in a one and done league, it, it is kind of a shady shady deal. But yeah, he's still fighting, and, and you can't blame a guy or call him a coward for for still fighting. Well, this is an interesting point that I wanted to uh, ask your opinion on. So we've been talking about this so much for the last like 48 hours from the perspective of Cochran. And uh, we sort of established that if there's going to be seven people picking the rocks, that it's not in Cochran's best interest to take the one in seven chance to lose the game when he really has no chance to win the game as currently constituted. You know, it's... 
Does that does that make sense? Like that? Um, yeah, I, he's he's got he's got to look at, and and figure out that he's probably going to be the next person after this vote. If even if he doesn't get the rock, he's probably the next person to go uh, from his tribe. Now, yeah, maybe if they have the numbers and it's you know, then they vote out, you know, start voting out Coach's Tribe one after the other. If, if someone from Coach's Tribe gets out this week, then, you know, the numbers are 6-5, so maybe they hit, keep them around in order to build a bit more of, of, a, of, a, of a numbers advantage there. But, you know, it's quite possible they send them back in the next time. I mean, we've seen tribes who think that they don't need the weakest link just get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> in spite of the numbers, I mean, you know, you know, even throw challenges to get rid of a player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Russell Stripe, <laughs> but um, <laughs> you know, it, it's just it's it, let's never underestimate the stupidity of people to do something like that. So I, I think he's got to say, why should I take myself from having this like very little chance of 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 winning the game? Maybe going over there and possibly working my way up to being maybe a final four, even if if everything goes my way, at least I have some influence of it, rather than just sticking my hand in a bag and hoping not to see purple. Yeah, you know, it, it like, you know, yes, the odds were probably not great, but why give yourself a 17% chance uh, of going to Redemption Island this week when you can flip and make sure it's zero? Right. Now, from the perspective of Jim, who is the, uh, the other person in this tribe, the guy who calls Cochran the coward, uh, he seems ready and willing to pick the rock. Um, do you like the decision to go to rocks if you're if you're Jim, uh, since he probably has a much better chance to win the game uh, if the you know they get the numbers advantage? Um, I I like the chance as far as as far I mean I never want to go to a situation where I'm I'm picking the rocks if I can help it. I don't think that he could help it. I think the best case scenario for Jim was that Cochran stays stays firm and. That, the odds of someone from the other tribe getting the rock versus one of the two people picking from his tribe makes makes it a, a better play for him to say, Let, let's go to the rocks. And yes, even if it is me, well, I, I can win a battle and come back. I mean, it, it's not immediate execution mm-hmm. uh, for Jim. You know, whereas Cochran, I don't know if he's <laughs> yes. going to win a battle if he goes out there. <laughs> I mean, it could be a puzzle or something, but you never know. You never know. Uh, yeah, so I, I think I think I understand why he wouldn't have been afraid of the rock. Um, I don't understand, you know, and I understand he's angry, so he's lashing out. Perhaps if he had said to Cochran, "Idiot," I would have understood it. Coward doesn't quite fit for me. That that rubbed me the wrong way. I'm like, well, actually, it was kind of a brave thing to do to stand up to you people and actually make the move and put a big bullseye on his back and alienate five potential jurors. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it was a cowardly move. You might not have thought it was wise, but. It certainly wasn't cowardly. I don't think it was the right word. But, I mean, Jim's the loose cannon in this group. I mean, uh, of my 12 personalities, Jim, Jim's the loose cannon, and you don't know, you don't know what he's going to do and how he's going to react. And, and, and uh, that type of personality really just thinks about the immediate moment and getting and surviving for today, which is why if he was in Cochrane's situation, I think he probably would have done the same thing, even though he doesn't recognize it himself. Mm-hmm. Did both the tribes do a bad job of guessing where the uh, idols would be? Because, well, Coach's Tribe, nobody, nobody ended up playing an idol. So, um, I mean, they could have just uh, stacked all their, all their votes onto uh, Coach. But uh, I guess 
the Savai tribe, uh, they pick Whitney to uh, protect. Now, they had a shot to sort of screw over the, bl- the blue team because there was only th- uh, three potential people they could have voted for. Uh, was it Cochran, Jim? Oh, I'm sorry, Cochran, Jim, Keith, and uh, Whitney. So there was a and one Whitney, in right. yeah, there was a 25% chance that they would have hit on the person that they stacked the votes for. But by giving the thing to Whitney, I thought that was probably the worst uh, decision. Maybe they wouldn't think they would try to vote out Cochran. So, well, yeah, you have to assume that if you're you're playing the Cochran is the, is the double agent angle, uh, and 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 you're you're thinking that well, why would they vote for the person who's who's trying to infiltrate or that they're, they're trying to flip? So I, I could understand why they would think that would probably be, uh, you know, and they're you know also when. When people are, are making these decisions, they never think that their plan is being has been seen through. Mm-hmm. So they probably think the Cochrane thing's working. Yeah. <laughs> so they think, all right, well, we need Cochrane in there uh, as 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 that guy. So we're not going to give it to Cochrane because we want we want everyone to think that he's on the outs. So why would we give him the idol? So that's what came out. Um, so that's a one know, in three. It's a one in three. It's a one in three. I I I don't even know that that you. I mean, I understand why they played it because if, you, if you, you give it to one of them and then you you avoid the rock if you guess right, mm-hmm. so that that's why you play it. But you know, do you do you give it to Whitney like, in reverse psychology? Yeah, um, or I, I think they put a lot of faith in the fact that Cochran wasn't going to blab. Yeah, <laughs> you, basically is what it was. You blab, you blab about Mars. <laughs> they put a lot of faith in Cochran, and and it's funny because how little they trust him and how little faith they have in him. They put all their faith in him. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it boggles the mind. But then again, we're dealing with—we're uh, not dealing with a bunch of mental giants. I mean, I mean, how many times is Ozzy going to be stand there and have they say, "You have the idol, right?" Yeah, I have the idol. That's like, really Ozzy. <laughs> have you not learned? Uh, the decision to give the idol to Whitney—it's almost like uh, in uh, the Princess Bride um, with the—I um, <laughs> I can't. Zini, absolutely. Yes. The which cup is the poison in? It's like they sort of like talk themselves. Well, I know you know that I know that we would never give Ozzy the idol. So, so clearly, you cannot vote for the woman sitting next to you. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It is. It is. It's. It's. It becomes. You know. When, that's what I love about the game of Survivor, though. That it, it at some points it does come down to this perverse mental anguish where you have to go all right if we do this then they'll do this but if they know we're going to do this then we should do this but they might be thinking that that's exact they would have planned for it so therefore i could not vote for the man next to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) absolutely (laughs) it it, it does become this this circular thing whereas i don't i don't honestly think coaches tribe really put that much thought into it because they they took the other factor they went on the attack and said cochran i know you're lying to me yeah and I know you uh, know that I know, and so you might as well just tell me everything right now. Wait, yeah. But before you do, let me just explain to you why you're going to tell me everything. <laughs> it's very cool, very diplomatic of Coach to just like, – just, just, and, you know, they trusted John. Yeah. It, 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 just as much time as they were there with Cochran, they trusted him and said, you know what? He's totally telling us because he's been so shell-shocked. They could tell how shell-shocked he was from, from the abuse <laughs> yeah, but they're like you know what he told us Whitney it's it's Whitney not gonna, he's not gonna go back and, and change it he's not that good because so, you can fake a lot of things I don't think you can fake the deer in the headlights I've been abused look even <laughs> after the fact 
Yeah, Coach is he's basically uh Wesley uh from the Princess Bride that he knows he has the immunity to the poison. He knows Exactly. It doesn't matter what cup that he drinks out of because he knows the Cochrane is gonna flip. Exactly. So, you know, they could guess all they want, but as soon as they, you know, as soon as Cochrane told them, they were like, All right, it's Whitney. And 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 th- and therefore they knew that they didn't have to play their idol, and so they still have their team idol. We all know team idols work really well in the end. But you know, they still have theirs. Um you know, and Albert did a great job, I think, in the Tribal Council also of, of making sure that that topic was completely not brought up. Because mm-hmm. Probst asked him and said, so, are you worried that some people might have idols? And he just went, well, Ozzy. <laughs> and their idol, their idol, their idol, their idol. Let's talk about their idol. And you know, so the subject kind of got, got dropped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I wanted to also uh, get your opinion on the big move from last week where uh, Ozzy decided to vote himself out of the game and then go to Redemption Island to uh, take out Christine, who uh, we actually get to talk to the people after they come off the show. We spoke with Christine yesterday. She said she was 100% going to go to Ozzy's tribe <laughs> after the merge. So basically they took, out, they took out a person who was going to come and join their team. Um, but Ozzy does ultimately end up coming back to the game. So I just wanted to know from a probability perspective, uh, did you like what Ozzy did here? Uh, no. I, 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 again, you never want to put yourself in, in a position of more jeopardy than you were before. I, he was in no danger of being voted out. Zero. Right. Personally, from a personal standpoint, we'll, 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 let's address that first. Cochran was going to be voted out. They were all in favor of Cochran being voted out. Ozzy was in no danger and suddenly convinced everyone to vote him out. The only way I would have respected this is if he had, if he had done this in some uh, uh, Big Brother Dr. Will kind of, kind of thing where he's like, no, no, vote me out. And everyone goes, no, 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 we can never vote you out and kind of started playing that. So every time he gets <laughs> – the, the word on the street is Ozzy's getting voted out. He can go, yep, go ahead, just do it. And then they could all go, no, 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 we couldn't dream of voting you out. Then it might have worked, but that's not where he was going with this. He really wanted to be voted out. Um, he, was in, he personally was not in a position uh, where, where he was in danger. So that, that was stupid on that front. I, how does he know he's going to, to win a challenge and come back? It, for all we know, the challenge could have been uh, Redemption Island trivia. What, what have you seen on, on Redemption Island? <laughs> Right, and he's going against someone who's been there for, since day one. So you know, it's like you don't know what the, what it's going to be. It's it's not always going to be a, a fish catching competition, uh, climbing trees. Okay, then you might win. But um, you know, it's it, it it was silly on his part. And and again, he's sitting there at all these duels, uh, or you know, someone from his tribe. But he was also at one, and and, and she's like, I hate all of you. <laughs> I hate you all. I'm giving you the finger. Shut up. Hey, Benjamin, I hate you. I mean, <laughs> if he thought that that meant going back. <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's kind of, it's, it, it, it does kind of make sense to me that he would have thought that because uh, he thought he was a good enough actor to pull off the Cochrane right. double cross. Uh, so clearly he probably thought she was acting the whole time. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. This was a plan from day one to send her there and win challenge after challenge after challenge. after. What a brilliant plan she and Coach... Uh, put together in the three seconds when they saw each other when she called him out on the on the welcome mat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that until you just mentioned it, but maybe that's what they thought all along. That would make sense, at least, if that's what they thought, that she well, was I mean, being... That's the only thing that makes sense to me, is, is because, you know, if you can think of a plan, then probably you think it's a good plan. 
So why wouldn't someone else also have that plan? That, that's, that's the only thing. It, it was stupid. He got very lucky that the merge happened right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he won the challenge because he could have very easily just had, had a, a bad stick incident and not gotten the keys himself. You know, yeah. like, that, that, I mean, you, you put it up, you're putting it up to a 50 50 uh, fate there just to even survive the day. And then you might have to go again. It was just dumb. Don't, there, there, there's, there's no intelligence there. <laughs> even if you think you're king of the challenges, you don't know what the challenges are. And it, yeah, no one's that good. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think Ozzy is done for, or do you think he still has a chance now in this season? Uh, well, <laughs> who knows? You know, it's like they they turn on a dive these seasons sometimes, where just when you think the person's out, the person comes back in. I don't think Ozzy has has a legitimate chance to to make it too much further, simply yeah. because now now that they don't have the numbers. Uh, you want to take Ozzy out, you know, send him, send him back to Redemption Island so they can earn his redemption again. Yeah. But this time, honestly, <laughs> I can totally see Coach make it, make it, I'm going to make an honest man out of you. You said you wanted redemption, but that wasn't real redemption because you weren't really double-crossed, but now I'm going to send you there. And you're, I could see that speech, can't you? Yeah. I mean, I, so, could, I, I could see Ozzy getting voted out and then, like, going on a redemption run and then coming back into the game at, like, the final five. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That that and that I could see because you know, as much as I like as like to to joke about how he's not the smartest guy. I mean, these challenges. I mean, he he is good at them. Yeah, there, there's no question he is good at the challenges. So uh, you know, and, and without anyone around to talk to most of the time to to put his foot in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and to reveal any secrets. Uh, I I think maybe maybe you know that maybe that is the best strategy for him. Actually, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was a brilliant move because Ozzy needs to be away from everybody. <laughs> Just take him out of the mix yeah. because this way he doesn't shoot himself in the foot. Yeah, send him. Ozzy could do a hundred days on Redemption Island. Like it wouldn't phase him. Absolutely. You sit there all day, go fishing, take naps. Like uh, this is like the perfect spot for Redemption Island. Yeah, go on his own little vision quest and <laughs> come out on the other side in time for Final Four. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be really good. Uh, now, uh, AJ, in your book, uh, one of the things that I really uh, enjoyed was uh, you talk about the uh, the the kinds of people that uh, you would play in a fantasy league with, and you sort of have it under uh, the backdrop of. Uh, Jesus and the uh, 12, 12, dis- uh, apostles? twelve disciples. Do we? Do we? It's apostles. It's disciples. That I, just, yeah. I discussed I that in the book as well. You confused <laughs> me. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I actually found that uh, very interesting, and I kind of tr- tried to figure out which which person I was, and uh, I sort of have gone uh, back and forth. I think I ended up as the um, which is the guy that is uh, looking for all of the loopholes. Captain oh, Cap- Loophole. Oh, Captain Loophole. Yeah. Captain Loophole. And 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 I would agree. Really? I would agree with. Yes, I I I I think you were indeed Captain Captain Loophole. I think you totally were whereas uh whereas your partner in crime uh Matt was uh was fresh meat. Someone who completely <laughs> had no clue what they were doing in the game and needed someone to hold their hand and walk them through it which you you did uh to great effect uh if only you had been able to stand on that post a little bit longer <laughs> a little bit lo- a little bit longer uh, but yeah you are you are captain you're a captain loophole you're you're the guy who knows the rules inside and out mm-hmm. and will try and use your knowledge of these rules to the fullest advantage in many ways in this season uh 
That I mean, that's Cochran. That's Cochran is is also he's the fan of the game. He is the one who totally, totally gets it. Who understands where he is, what the strategies are. Um, now you were a little more effective in working the social game mm-hmm. uh, than Cochran, but nevertheless, that was that what you're the you're the strategist. You're the one who's trying to use the game against the opponents, to play the game <laughs> itself. Yeah. And uh, the big uh, the big uh, controversy that came up in my fantasy league uh, this year, and I play in a long time uh, f- fantasy league. Uh, a key, we play a keeper league, and you get to keep uh, three players every year. And I've been playing for this is like the fifth year of the league. Um, the big controversy that came up was in week one. Um, you know, we always have the same sort of divisional matchups, and uh, I have for the last couple of years said, okay, well, I'll draft the defense and a kicker. And I'm going to drop them, and I'll t- and you, we have a minus three penalty if you don't play um, mm-hmm. a person. And I say, well, I'm going to hold on to two more sleepers on my roster, and I'll I'll just take the minus six in the first week or whatever. Even if I lose in the first week, I don't care. It's worth more to me for the long term of the season to k- get these sleepers. Right, and, right, right. And so the guy that I'm playing against every year, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure I must have said to him at some point, like, well, well, why don't you just do that too? And we'll just play without a defense and kicker. And uh, this turned into uh, a big brouhaha uh, in the uh, league message boards. It was collusion gate. It was uh, – and I get the sense that uh, from reading your book that you were not <laughs> – that you don't think that should be allowed um, unless – Well, actually, actually – because your league has a penalty in place for for doing it, it becomes a, a strategic move. Your league has actually condoned the strategy. You said you can do this, yeah. And the penalty is negative three points. If there was nothing in the rules that said you can't do it, then I, then I might, you know, I'd be like, look, you're supposed to start a full lineup. A full a full lineup includes a, a kicker and a defense. Start the full lineup, but. There's a penalty in place for it. So then it becomes a strategic move that becomes part of strategy. So actually, I don't have a problem for it because you've accepted the penalty. Yeah. Now, what about the fact that me and another owner both agreed to do this? This is where the league got very upset and called it collusion. Um, yeah, it's 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 a gray area. Um, I mean, were you were you playing? You were playing each other? Yes. Well, then there you go. I mean, you could have both done it or not done it, and you're 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 relying on trust there. It, it, it's you didn't get dreams. Done. Yes, that's right. That, that's right. <laughs> you didn't put the dreams on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It that, that's what it is. It it becomes a, between the two of you. It doesn't really affect anyone else because someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, I would I would allow it. I probably would also get upset and tell you guys, hey guys, cut it out and mm-hmm. have a discussion about it. But yeah. I mean, in the end, I mean, there's a penalty in place. You're choosing the penalty. Yeah. Um, the other player is trusting you to do it. You're trusting him to do it. If he doesn't want to do it, and you know, at the last minute, puts you know, picks up a free agent defense, puts him in, and, and then you're out of luck. Well, you know, then you've been blindsided, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, people accuse this. This is not Survivor. You can't make alliances in fantasy football. And uh, I, I was you can't make alliances, but let's face it. I mean, if if you are good friends with one owner in the league, you know more more so than another person, and you guys need to make a trade, and you you know it could be a perfectly fair trade. Um, you're probably more likely to help your buddy out than someone you're not as close to. You know, I don't like him. I'm not going to help. Oh, your, your your tight end just got hurt this week in practice. Ah, I'll give you my backup for 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 this guy, and you know. 
oh, oh, you're a tight end? Well, too bad, buddy. You know, you, you just make those decisions based on how you like the person anyway. So there are alliances. It, it may not be, you know, etched in stone or collusive or, or that kind of thing, but we all do that. Mm-hmm. That's why you need. That's why you need the twelve different personalities because you need. If everybody is is exactly the same and everybody's buddy buddy and everyone's oh you can't do that you have to play that way in the fair way well then the league doesn't work and if everyone's out to backstab each other then no one's going to trade with anybody because everyone's going to distrust every move that everyone does and by by the end of two seasons together the league falls apart because no one no one's talking to each other anymore. <laughs> you need a, a healthy mix of personalities. Okay, well you've mentioned these uh, these personalities. Do you have any of the other uh, fantasy archetypes that fit uh, Survivor or vice versa. Yeah, I can give you. I can give you all of all of the top twelve. The only one that I don't have in the top twelve is the one I call the X fact, the XX factor. Um, for a fantasy league, like I say, if if you're a, a league with all guys, bring some of the wives or girlfriends in to play the league. Um, someone who's different from everybody else in every single way. Uh, someone who brings a completely different perspective. Because if everyone went to the same college, you you want someone who came went, went to a different college. If everyone roots for the same hometown team, you want someone to who comes from somewhere else. So from that from that standpoint, the, X, the double X factor doesn't really come into play. But most of the others do. We we coach is the diplomat. Coach coach is clearly the guy who wants peace in his little order, and he wants everyone to get along. He's in charge. Mm-hmm. He's the leader. You have to do it his way, but he doesn't want any dissension underneath him. He's the diplomat. Uh, Ozzy is the mad scientist. He's the one who's going to come up with crazy schemes. He's going to come <laughs> up with the, 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 the half-cocked ideas that, that uh, I had a dream last night. Redemption, send me. You know, that, they don't make any sense in logic, but he sells them with such passion that sometimes they go, all right, let's go with it. Hey, uh, Brandon, Brandon Hans. The idiot savant. <laughs> yeah, somehow he's still there. Somehow, despite the tears and the irrational fear of Michaela and, and, and giving away all the secrets, every tribal council and blabbing, somehow he's still in the fold and still there. He's the idiot savant. He knows not what he does, and yet somehow he might well end up at the final tribal. <laughs> well, yeah, the better example might even be Philip from last season. I, well, <laughs> Philip exactly. Uh, Philip is uh, also a case of doing everything wrong, and yet somehow everyone's saying, you know, we can't vote him out just yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dawn is is the person I call the cheerleader. Okay. She's kind of like, you know, oh, we have to all be nice to each other and loyal to each other. And, you know, she's, she's, the, she's you know, yay us. And, and she proved that in the last episode when even after she understood Cochrane's plight, you know, she was then like, oh, but you know what? Savaya, we have to stick together. Oh, can't, can't, come on. Give us one more chance. Yeah. Yay us. And, and yeah, she's, they don't last too long. Um, certainly enough to last to, yeah. to the final 12. But uh yeah, I, th- there's just not enough drive there. To, to the killer instinct just isn't there. Yeah, coincidentally, uh, and, and, uh, yeah. with with Dawn, the um, the yay us turn did also coincide with her winning the immunity necklace. Exactly. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yes. You know, I w- I was thinking about your idea for flipping, and now I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm not so suddenly. Uh, 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 no, I don't think so. Go, yeah. go with rocks. I like the idea of rocks. Rocks are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Uh, Edna's fresh meat. She's clearly out of her element. 
the game is way operating a level way above her her capabilities, and uh, she's you know she's cannon fodder at some point. Um, yeah, she can be dragged along. Sometimes fresh meat gets dragged along all the way to the end, um, but that's because they're fresh meat. You, the argument can always be made at that final tribal. You know what? You don't. Uh, you didn't really do any moves. Yeah. You didn't have anything, and that's also why you know. What, Cochrane is not fresh meat or or, or or coward or anything because at least when he goes if he makes it to the final three somehow you know they, he certainly isn't going to be one of the ones where they say well you made no moves in this game oh he made a move <laughs> yeah we all saw it we all know it we're all going to remember it no one's going to have to ask that question think back on your time here is there anything at all that you did we, we know <laughs> right Something with, I was William Shatner there for a second anything at all that you did well <laughs> Jim's right. a loose cannon. Jim's a loose cannon, as we saw. I mean, he's just a hothead. He speaks whatever's on his mind. He 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 could snap at any moment. Uh, but it, it, it he also is full of himself. He thinks that his wheelings and dealings are somehow better than anyone else's wheelings and dealings, and that he feels in control at all times, unless he's paranoid about it and doesn't feel in control. In which case, he's going to make sure he does something and let you know that he's in control. Right. That's that's Jim. Uh, Keith is the narcissist. He thinks he's the center of every plot. He is he's the guy that everyone's gunning for in his mind. He probably was not surprised at all that his name was the one that they put down there because, of course, they wanted to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. I'm Keith. <laughs> Why would they want to get me out of the game? And that's usually the 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 uh, your you know after after the torch has been snuffed, the narcissist will often say. Of course they got me out of the game because I was the biggest threat. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Of course they did. They were right, too. Um, you know, Rick, Rick is kind of old, reliable. Yeah. Uh, he's he's kind of like, yeah, he does what he does, but uh, really, I mean, who is he? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. You know, he's going to finish in the middle. He, he's, he's certainly not someone you think of as, as a hanger-on. You just kind of just like, Okay, you know, proof, proof, proof to the point is that he was called cowboy by someone. Mm-hmm. The votes because they didn't even remember his name. They remembered the guy who was a cowboy, <laughs> but they did not remember his name. Yeah, he doesn't make much of an impression. And even in his own tribe, he's he's not at the bottom of the of the pecking order. He's not at the top of the pecking order. He's just kind of right there. If this is a fantasy league, uh, Rick, he's he's setting, he doesn't have a great team, but he's setting his lineup every week, but he's never posting on the message board, ever. Or if he right. does, he's like, uh, maybe writes like, uh, LOL. Like he, He's not contributing anything to the discourse of the fantasy league. Right. And, and he's valuable. He does well in challenges. Yeah. There's no question he does well. He, he's always one of, the, one of the few people remaining. He just never wins. That's yeah. all. His team's like four um, and four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the last three people, uh, Whitney. Whitney is the ninja. Yes, she is. <laughs> She's totally the ninja. You, it, you can go three episodes, and then she'll come on the screen and go, what was her name again? Yeah, the Purple Back Kelly. To, yeah, the Purple the purple Kelly. Exactly. <laughs> are, are, what? Who? Who's, who's that? Who's that blonde girl who's sitting there? You know, this week, the only reason we know her name is because Cochran said, it's Whitney. And she got all the votes. Because he had to tell them Whitney, and they probably said, which one's Whitney again? <laughs> right. Is she, is she the older one? No, no, no. Oh, because that's Dawn. Yeah, we know Dawn. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So it, it's less apparent now at this stage of the season, but I guarantee you if we had had this discussion after week one and week two and week three, we also would have gone, and who's that blonde girl? <laughs> right. 
not part of any of the decisions. She's kind of there. In, in, in Big Brother, we would call her the floater. <laughs> she would be a floater. Exactly. We nothing. Nothing. And and the last the last uh, the last category is is what I call the marriage of convenience. It's two people who seemingly share share a brain. Uh, in a fantasy league, they'd be two owners who co-own a team mm-hmm. uh, and work together, and you have to trade with both of them and get them both to agree. Or you know, one person will set the lineup and they'll start fighting amongst themselves. And that's Albert and Sophie, mainly because I have yet to hear. I've read recaps. I've heard discussions on the show. Have you ever said Albert without saying Albert and Sophie? Or <laughs> Sophie without saying Albert and Sophie? No, because it's coach, and then he brings Albert and Sophie in and tells them about the idol. It's Albert and Sophie yeah. discuss this. So they, they are a marriage convenience. They could, they're practically the same person at this point. They don't have any independent thought. They're, they're number one and 1A one uh, under, under coach's tutelage. And uh, yeah, I, and that's pro- probably uh, if Cochran is paying attention to his limited interactions with them, he probably saw that and he said, "You know what? There's Coach. We all know Coach. He's he's larger than life. Everyone knows who he is. He's been on the show before. Clearly, he's the leader." And then it's, "Oh, look, it's Albert and Sophie." Yeah, that's three. I can get into that three and and go with them, or he can go with the other three. But you know, clearly there's there's a three three there, and 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 that's because Coach the diplomat has adopted the marriage of convenience as as his uh, his peons. <laughs> well, ultimately, which way do you think Coach goes? Do you think that Coach tries to get to the the final three with the marriage of convenience, Albert and Sophie, which would probably be tougher to beat, or does he try to go with? Brandon and Edna and maybe get, brings in Cochran as a fourth to get rid of Albert and Sophie. I mean, that seems like the path of like the more beatable opponents to be sitting there with Brandon or Edna or Cochran. Coach is, is looking like Boston Rob uh, at, in the finals in that scenario. Oh, absolutely. And what we want to do uh, in Coach's situation is you want to try and get as far as you can get with, with your tribe, I mean, I think it's smart. Bring Cochran in and then start, start you know, pagonging the other group. Yeah. Uh, you know, get them out. One, one, one. Let's get them out. Get as many as they can so we have the numbers. Then once you're, you have a two or three person lead, not a one person lead, people, then you can start to try and foster that, that inter-tribe, inter, uh, uh, intra-tribe uh, descent. Um, yeah, I, I would think the best move for Coach is to turn Albert against Sophie. Ooh. Have them do it to each other. This yeah. way, this way, you get rid of one of them, and your hands are clean. Yeah, uh, you know, then Albert or Sophie, whichever one ends up on the jury, will not vote for the other. <laughs> <laughs> They'll vote for you over the one who would betray them. So if you could, if you could pull that off, yeah, easier I mean, said that, than done. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I don't doubt it, but I'm just saying that that should be your plan. I mean, Coach has been d- down down in this rodeo a few few times, so I think he knows not to put too much set in stone as far as a strategy goes, and take it, you know, week to week. It's always it's it's, it's always when uh, you start planning the end game before you get to the end game that you tend to get burned. I, I've noticed. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So. Y- now, you describe these 12 different personalities as, you know, what would make up the optimal uh, fantasy league or, or at least enough variety among these groups to have a great uh, fantasy league. So with 12 people left in the game, including Keith on Redemption Island, so does that mean that, uh, that we have created a really optimal survivor season for the rest of the way? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's why this season has been so entertaining and why you got to a 
pivotal point there where you actually did have uh, you know, an episode where we didn't know at Tribal Council which way it would go. There was some mystery involved. I mean, how many times have we sat there with, you know, it's all right, we've got our six strong and you've got your four, and then next week we've got our six strong and you've got your three, and the next week it's two, and the next week, oh, you want immunity. All right, I guess we have to cannibalize one of our own, but you're going out as soon as we, you know, that, that type of season only happens when everybody on the one tribe is exactly the same, mm-hmm. um, and which is what happened in Russell's tribe last last season where it's like they all just bonded and they all got together and they said, you know, we're six strong. We we're unbeatable and we can even lose a challenge, you know? <laughs> right. And like it, that strategy falls apart. And then, you know, as a viewer, boring, yeah. boring, boring, boring. This is interesting to me because there's so many different ways that it can go and different combinations of people who could hook up. Um, you know, uh, there's not, yeah, you're going to still get the tribal loyalty just from time spent with familiar groups. I mean, that's always going to happen, but at least you have people who could reach out to the other side and, and make arguments. And there's people who are different enough in personality who might be lured away by the right argument. I mean, I think that's what you're looking for is you're looking for, uh, a group of personalities that are willing to hear other points of view and not everybody with the same mindset. I mean, these personalities don't just work for fantasy football or fantasy baseball or, or for Survivor, but in the workplace, if you're in a conference room, in a meeting, you know, it's like if you have 12 people who all think the same things and you're trying to brainstorm new ideas, no new ideas come because everyone thinks the same way. You need outside-the-box thinking and you need outside-the-box personalities. And it's only by the different personalities working together that, that you get something interesting to come out of it. And that's why this season, it maps out really really nicely i didn't really have to stretch a lot some seasons i would have had to stretch an awful (laughs) lot to fit all these in this one i didn't even hesitate with these i mean this just this is you know a a one-to-one correlation it worked out perfectly yeah um you know there's so many different things uh from the book uh that i that i could uh jump into with with you like uh what, what you're talking about uh running the ideas past other people and the construction of the death star uh, which is, which is, uh, which is really fun. Uh, but let me jump into, uh, some of these questions. Cause I know, uh, we don't, we don't have all day. Uh, one other thing from, from the book, um, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing this right. Uh, the Schrodinger's, uh, cat paradox, uh, Schrodinger, Schrodinger, Schrodinger uh, yeah. cat paradox. Um, uh, can we say that right now Cochrane is both, uh, a, uh, idiot and a genius for making the decision that he made? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose you, you could say since we don't know the ultimate result uh, and only observing the eventual end of the experiment will we know uh, for sure one way or the other, then yes, he is simultaneously both uh, alive and dead because uh, his own tribe has, is convinced that uh, he just signed his death warrant, whereas uh, his, old, his, his new cohorts are convinced that he did the right thing and they'll protect him the rest of the way. So yeah. I guess until until we observe the end of the experiment, he exists in this this quantum state of being both alive and dead, genius and moron. Yeah, <laughs> the, probably the better example of that would have been Ozzy last week going to Redemption Island. Like uh, we did, we just didn't know if he, this no, was a... <laughs> no. I think Ozzy last week was a moron either way. <laughs> It just was a question of whether he'd luck out or not. <laughs> yeah, and, and he, he kind of did. Although the the biggest problem with what he did was that the person that they would have voted out instead ended up being the person that stabbed him in the back this week. <laughs> well, yes, and and I'm not even let's not even go go dwell on the fact that he he then gave the immunity idol to the one person who could have kept it this week and 
made all of that moot. <laughs> Let's just forget that for a moment. Yeah. That really, you're giving Cochran the idol to hold on to? Really? <laughs> you, you said he played it, so if he's going along with the task, he can't play it. Oh, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like I said, that's again, Cochran, I think, is smart. He gave it back. Yeah. He, he, immediately, he immediately owned up to it. There was no, uh, oh, who turned it? It was you. Was it you? He said, hey, guys, I did it. I'll explain later. Um, you know, maybe he should have waited till he got back to camp, but you know what? There was a media owning up to it. Uh, I, I think he probably has a story in place um, that might satisfy one or two people. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. Um, for uh, all the fantasy football fans out there, I, I, you know, we have a lot of questions, and I'm not going to uh, bore you with uh, like lineup questions that, some, <laughs> that we got. Um, but uh, for fantasy football players uh, like myself, uh, do you have one guy out there that is the guy that maybe pe- isn't on people's radar right now that is, is the guy that might help people win their fantasy league right now? Like whether it's a, uh, a, a way, either a waiver wire guy or a buy low guy that want, you know, one person that might uh, help the next couple of weeks. Well, you know, it's 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 funny because you you don't know for sure uh, when when you're asked questions like this. And the reason lineup questions also don't work is because you know I don't know how deep your league is. I don't know how you know what's a sleeper in one league of you know with with eight teams. Well, you know that guy's not going to be available if you have fourteen teams. But uh, you know, I think Michael Bush, if he's still out there, um, with with uh, Darren McFadden down uh, to an injury this week, and you never know with foot in, feet injuries that they might last for a while. But e- even without that, I mean, Michael Bush is the type of guy who can get you. A lot of points. He's going to get the ball in, inside the goal line. He's a running back to look for. Um, you know, there are a couple of wide receivers out there. Like, uh, you know, if Brandon Lloyd somehow slipped through the cracks and, and, and people thought going to St. Louis was going to hurt him, uh, he's a guy you might want to uh, pick up. Uh, so he's a certainly a guy that, you know, a lot of it is injury related. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when a guy goes down, get the backup. Uh, that that's always that's always true. This you know Peyton Hillis just got hurt again. So uh, you know a guy like Chris Ogbanaya. Whoa, who's, he's he's a guy. He's probably going to start this week and get all the carries because Montario Hardesty is also out. So uh, he's in deep leagues. He's a guy that's at least for this week. You know, bang bang, uh, pick up. Uh, you know, it, 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 like I said, it, it it the the key is not to go so much on last week's performance i think that a lot of people see oh that guy got 100 yards last week uh you know i gotta pick him up right away he's the only guy out there who got on the waiver wire who got 100 yards it's not performance it's it's opportunity so if you look at a category like uh, a stat like targets for receivers um you want to see touches increase in touches for running backs that's where those are the guys who, who are clearly getting more confident uh, confidence from their coaches, and and those are the guys who you want to like suddenly uh, consider taking off the waiver wire. Not necessarily the guy like Torrey Smith, like a few weeks back, had like one monster day where he had like three touchdowns on you know four passes, but that that was luck. That was that wasn't opportunity. Uh, you want the guy who's going to get twelve balls thrown his way every week. Uh, a guy like a Greg Salas, maybe uh, that the the new guy uh, Baldwin in Kansas City, John yeah. Baldwin. Guys who are increasing targets and get more and more play, you're like, all right, they're getting more and more play. The coaches are getting more and more confident. The quarterbacks get more confident. Those are the guys you want to go after. You don't 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 look at the stats so much. Look at the opportunity. Yeah, for me, it's frustrating this time of year for uh, fantasy football because I feel like fantasy football is like uh, Big Brother. 
in that Big Brother starts and fantasy football starts, and it's like the, the possibilities are endless. There's so many people in the house. There's so much going on. You could do this. You could do that. You don't know who's going to be the next HOH. Now it, we're at the point there's like, you know, seven people left in the Big Brother house, and we like I kind of feel like uh, we sort of know what's going to happen. Maybe there's like a double eviction. Uh, maybe some some crazy stuff happens. But I feel like the fantasy football season ends with a whimper as opposed to – uh, you know, getting more exciting as the year goes on. But maybe maybe that's just me. Uh, you know, it, it certainly can, especially if, I mean, if you're 0-7, 0-8, <laughs> yeah. you know, why why continue? You know, if it's a one-and-done league, I understand why people drop out. I mean, it's like there, there's no chance to win. Yeah. Um, plus, if you're in a league that's so deep that, you know, one player gets hurt and your season's ruined, well, yeah, I, I it's kind of like... Uh, when you're, you know, st- like you said, on Big Brother, if, you, if you're, you know, you're stuck with Luan as your partner, <laughs> and, you're, and then you realize, I have no shot at winning this game. <laughs> From day one, I have no shot. Luan is my partner. Damn. So, yeah, I, yeah, I understand what you're saying there. There's certainly a, uh, a, a, a feeling of futility that, that you're stuck where you are. But that's where the injury factor comes in. I think, you know, in baseball, you can get the same thing that like, by June, July, in fantasy baseball, you, you don't see this, the hope, and there's really nothing you can do. At least there's an outside shot that, you know, the top guy, you know, breaks a leg. <laughs> you know, Adrian Peterson goes down this week with a broken leg. You know what? Hey, all right. There's someone on the waiver wire I can pick up quickly, um, which is why I at least would rather have a, a league where you can pick from, like, reverse order of standings rather than whoever's fastest to the computer. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, okay, so as a fellow Met fan, let me ask you this one. Uh what do you? Of course, uh, I think we all want to see Jose Reyes uh, come back. But as somebody who has really studied the numbers and, and all of this, um, how far do you, would you like to see the Mets go to retain Jose Reyes? You know, I, the thing with Jose Reyes is not his ability because we know he's he's a great player when he's on the field. It's it's just a question of of how injury prone he's going to be going forward, which is why the big contract really scares me. Uh, from the fact that I don't think he, you know, three or four years down the line uh, is going to be worth the money that they're going to have to shell out now. And I think I'd rather them just cut bait now mm-hmm. uh, and try and get the next best thing. Uh, and that's just from a long-term fandom type uh, thought process. But, you know, looking at the, at the shortstop uh, free agency list. I mean, there's not a lot out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, between it's him. I mean, you know, unless they can do like a, a swap with, for for Rollins, and I I hate Rollins. I, I absolutely <laughs> yeah. don't. I don't think he's a good player. I think it's all fool's gold. I've never liked him uh, as a player. Um, you know, this is a guy. Rollins is a guy who had a 39 game hitting streak to end a season and still didn't hit 300. I mean, there's something wrong with that. Right. Um, but yeah, Rollins uh, and Reyes. And then there's like a huge drop off. Then you're talking about people who are like, you know, in their late 30s <laughs> and, and, you know, who are two, 230 hitters, 240 hitters, defensive types. Uh, we don't need another Ray Ardonias. But uh, so in that sense, I think maybe you do keep them. But I really, I really cringe at the cost being too high. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of skin in the game. My dog is named Reyes. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very conflicted right now. I'm just sort of putting my head in the sand and hoping it all works out. But I'm trying to be I'm trying to be responsible too. I don't I don't want to see them spend you know 140 million in seven years. Not that they would, um, but it's scary. Yeah. Oh, I I, I hear you. I mean, I don't want to have to sit through another season where we're you know 
And yeah, injuries had to play a part in it. You know, you lose as many people as as the Mets lost last year for lengths of time. I mean, yeah. But I mean, even at the beginning of the season, I was like, if everything falls right, maybe we win eighty three games. Mm-hmm. And certainly, everything did not fall right. Yeah. So <laughs> right, uh, the, but, yeah, that, that's the problem there. The good, but news, they got a great mascot. <laughs> they do have a great mascot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, I have so many questions uh, for you as as Mr. Met that I feel like we're we're not going to have time for. But you said you you really hit it off with Carl Everett. I did. <laughs> I did. Carl Everett was. I mean, look, I understand Carl Everett's reputation. I mean, he you know this is a guy who's headbutt umpires during games and uh, has gone on record as saying that dinosaurs don't exist, never existed. Uh, you know, he's 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 not the sharpest tool in the shed in the, in those regards. And he's a hothead, but um, my interactions with him, he was one of the most gracious and, and fun to be around guys. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the players just didn't show any interest in, in me. Like, you know, it was like, didn't even acknowledge that I was in the hallway with them. I mean, he would actually come over, say hi, you know, talk, talk to me about how, how my day was going. Um, you know, it, he you know made sure that he thanked me for for playing with his kids when when you know players' kids are, are, are next had the had the room next door to mine and I'd be entertaining their kids you know some of the players didn't think that that merited even a, a hi how are you <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not expected to be invited to any family barbecues but you know just hi a head nod right. something. And but you know he came over and he was I I, I loved hanging out with him we, we we had some good times. So uh, what you know if uh, we're talking about Carl Everett, this is like a, a circa like nineteen ninety seven. Uh, even before that, this was well yeah ninety six ninety seven ninety six ninety seven yeah yeah okay yeah. so uh, uh, this is like uh, the uh, Bobby V uh, good these are good times. The Bobby V no well this no this like, was the t- Dallas so my Green? last year ninety seven yeah Bobby oh. V came in in ninety seven okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, they uh, had a much, they had a pretty good season in '97. They 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 came close. They, they weren't there yet. Uh, and then with like '99 was something. I think they had the uh, yeah. The, they started making the playoffs again. This is the so. Bernard Gilkey, uh, Lance Johnson, Todd Hundley era. Yeah, it was before Piazza. It was yeah. It was Bernard Gilkey. It was Carlos Baerga. Rico Bronia. Rico Rico, great guy. Rico <laughs> yeah. and his family were great. Uh, it was like. When I started in '94, it was the tail end. It was I saw Doc's last game. Uh, Doc uh, Gooden came off the field uh, after giving up a lot of runs to Houston, and he comes down down the runway towards the clubhouse. And I just happened to be walking by at that time, and his son, Baby Doc, as we called him, uh, came over, and it was just like, "You get him next time, Daddy." <laughs> and it was it was so as you know the love was there the, and. And Doc saw me. He, he made eye contact, and eye contact, quote unquote. I mean, you know, it's Mr. Mad. I got huge eyes, but uh, <laughs> he made he made eye contact with me, and and you could see he was just really embarrassed. Like he he blushed, and and like he just like he withdrew, and he was like, yeah, 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 and he walked in, and like the next day, like word came out that he was suspended for for drug use. Oh. So like, and and it was and it was just heartbreaking to know that you know to have seen that you know wonderful genuine moment, and just to know that oh. I saw Doc. Doc knew, you know, like Doc knew something that that it was no next time. Oh, it was just so sad. And as a Met fan, I just like, oh, that's so sad. Right. <laughs> and then you know, just recently, when Doc and his son were both on, uh, when Doc was on Celebrity Rehab with Doctor Drew with Sugar, and, with Sugar Kuiper, yeah, <laughs> it all ties and, back. Uh, yeah, and uh, 
you know, his son came in and the guy heard, you know, they were spending time in a jail together. And it was like, oh, poor baby doc. This is what baby doc has become. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's very sad, uh, the good and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was, like I said, it was the best job ever. It was the worst job ever. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we could go on for hours about I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure we could. Uh, 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 ten different subjects we can go on for hours. Okay, so let me, let me just ask a, a few quick questions that uh, that people uh, submitted for you. Uh, so John Acton wants to know uh, why does Chris Johnson suck? Uh, and so I guess to put it another way, uh, what is what's going on with Chris Johnson? Is he is he done for? Is is this a, a fluke? Could he turn it around? Well, he certainly can turn it around. I mean, you don't go from what he did uh, over the past couple of seasons to this. Uh, you know, he you know he was CJ two K because he rushed for two thousand yards. I've been calling him CJ two X because <laughs> he can barely rush for twenty in a game now. But um, you, you don't you don't drop off like that without an injury. I just don't see that happening. I just think he probably didn't necessarily work out. My guess is with the holdout as as well as he probably should have. And whatever timing is off, there have been problems with the offensive line. True. Um, but, you know, something just didn't click there. He didn't prepare for the season, whether it's mentally or physically, the way he, he, he used to. Uh, and, you know, with Javon Ringer there pushing him, well, you know what? The, they don't have to keep him in there when he struggles. They can go with the other guy. Um, it's, it's, it's bizarre. If I'm in a keeper league, I can't get rid of him. Uh, I still hold hold out hope that he's going to get a at least you know eighty in a score this week, maybe hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but I mean it's it's ridiculous that a guy who was like you know top three pick overall is like suddenly not even so- someone you're considering benching. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never seen a drop off of someone without an injury, so it, it does boggle the mind. And and because we have no you know roadmap for this having happened, it, it's really hard to know what to compare it to. Yeah, do, uh, do you would you consider him to be a a prime candidate as like a uh, a buy low in a keeper league? Would you think that he's definitely going to bounce back next year, or or we just have no idea? Well, you never you never say definitely, but I mean, yeah, I, I I again, it it doesn't seem to be related to like some sort of secret injury or anything. I mean, certainly that can always come out. I mean, teams aren't exactly going to reveal that information uh you know uh if you, you say oh yeah he's oh no he's got a crack in his knee yeah and they're not going to say that if it were the case mm-hmm. i don't think that's the case i mean i think they're pounding him uh you know the same number of times uh, at the start of games it's just it's just not working for whatever reason and uh hopefully he can put a couple of games together but that, yeah you talk about buy low he's a buy low yeah absolutely Okay, so Ron Chan asks uh, if there was a survivor fantasy game would boston rob be your first pick now, I don't know what the parameters of the Survivor Fantasy game are. Yeah, exactly. I need to know what the rules are. What's the scoring system? What's the scoring system? If it's, if it's witty Bon Mo's, I'm picking Rob Sesternino. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, are, are you just saying, are we drafting our own, uh, you know, uh, new all-star season and who I think has the best chance of winning? Uh, no, because there'd be too much of a target on his back. I don't think. Uh, although I've seen stranger things happen, I don't think a group of all stars would would dare to let him survive past week two. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't think so. You wouldn't think that. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, and yet, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, certainly he's one of the he's one of the best players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, last season 
he was in control from day one, and that was clear. He and I, what I like the fact, even if you don't win, if you at least have your finger on the pulse of of what's going on, and can actually just you know come around like what Coach did last night was masterful. Mm-hmm. He just said, "Let me tell you what I think is going on," and just outlined it. And we watching knew that he was one hundred percent right. And, and those players are the players. Yeah, not every move is going to work out, but the players who just are aware put you in the top top tier. You were aware of everything that was going on on your season. <laughs> well, try to be. <laughs> well, uh, maybe that was just the edit. Yeah, but, maybe. But you know what I'm saying? Like you, you seem to be aware of your place in each, you know, the pecking order each week as it went on, and you knew exactly how to manipulate who you needed to manipulate, and you know that is why you're, you know one of my favorite players of all time because oh. and I was rooting for you the whole way because that you know I respect people who are you know savvy enough to figure out where you are it's not an easy thing to do when you got all that other stuff going on uh you know so just looking you know, for loopholes you're looking for <laughs> loopholes you know whereas whereas you know uh from from the standpoint of manipulating people and and twisting people and getting people to do what you want you know Russell Hans played a perfect first season when he was on Right. Except for the fact that he didn't care to simply just say, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because the final tribal council, if he had just said, and I'm sorry, it's just a game, he had a chance. I don't know if he would have won, but at least he had a chance. I mean, that's, that's Richard Hatch from day one of, his, of the first season was the only one of those players who had a strategy and followed it through, and everybody hated him, but at the tribal council, he said, I had a strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry if I hurt your feelings, but I deserve to win. And they all said, you know what? I respect that. Uh, and that's that, you know, I want those people. I want people who can, who can stab you in the back and ha- have them shake your hand as they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, going back to Russell, it's almost like he's like the guy who doesn't understand the league scoring system and doesn't, <laughs> doesn't understand, that's like, perfect. oh, wait, you get, oh, you get points for kick returns? I, I didn't know that. Like, oh, that's, that's part of the game of then you have to get people to like you at the end? I thought you just had to, you know, vote people out. That's absolutely perfect. The, with with, with the, the icing on the cake that is that he'll then say, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had the that most touchdowns. That shouldn't be the scoring system. Yeah. Well, this is a league that's been around for 15 years, and we asked you to read the Constitution. Oh yeah, well I didn't bother. I just figured I'd wing it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me one last question. Uh, Dan Connolly wants to know uh, who would be the best uh, NFL player: Ozzy, Boston Rob, or Russell Hans? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't know where you put Russell. Maybe Russell Hans could be like a, a blocking fullback uh, for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think, yeah, which one is the best field goal kicker? Because that's really all I could see them doing is maybe punting or field goal kicking somewhere where they don't have to get tackled or something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe could Ozzy, could you line up Ozzy in the slot maybe? Could he... <laughs> Could oh, you know, he'd take one of those Austin Collie hits and he'd be done for. What about, uh, what about a corner? Could you put Ozzy at corner? I could see, I could see maybe a, as like a nickel corner. You, you, you know, you might be able to do that. You might be able to do that because uh, smaller guys can actually handle the secondary. There's not as much. He could, do, he could pull a Dion and do some old A's if, if, <laughs> uh, if you know, a big enough guy is coming his way. Uh, but I, w- I, would want, I would want, you know, if I was on a coaching staff, I'd hire Boston Rob in a heartbeat. Yeah. My coach, I mean, you know, he he fit in right, just just in fine with the Bill Belichick staff of like, 
you know, we're going to do it this way and, and we ain't going to tell them nothing, all right? Don't, don't give up nothing, you know, right? Yeah. All right. That's what we're going to do, all right? Don't worry about it. Amber, Amber, we're going to do it, right? I don't know if that's as good as yours, but I, I figured I'd give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, that's very, that's very good. Yeah, Boston Rob, he would be good uh, at, at something like that. You know, you, you hear stories about, like, uh, like about John Smoltz, about how, like, if you go golfing, whatever it is, you, go pl- you play darts with John Smoltz, and he doesn't let you win at anything. And Boston Rob, I think, has that same sort of uh, mentality where uh, it's like he's just uh, like OCD about like he he doesn't want to lose at anything to anybody. Um, and uh, OCD is probably the wrong word, but you know he has that right. same he, sort he, of he, he, yeah. But he's obsessed with winning. He's obsessed with with perfection. Yeah, uh, and, and 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 he doesn't want yeah he doesn't want anyone to have beaten him at anything but his best. And if you do, great, he'll pat you on the back and say you're a better man. But He's got a uh, right. I say this like I've met him. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of, you watch him on four seasons of a show and two seasons of the Amazing Race, and if you if you watch that Fox reality show he did, and so it's a wedding. So yeah, he, what's, is, is he going to be on Work of Art next season or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Piece of work something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so uh, AJ, I, I know you're very busy, and uh, thank you for being so uh, generous with your time. I I really really enjoyed your book. I read it uh, in like a matter of uh, a span of like four days on my vacation. I, I really 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 fun read, fast read. Uh, How fantasy sports explains the world. I'm going to post the link on uh, on Amazon on the website. If, uh, I think it's the kind of thing that a lot of our uh, listeners uh, would appreciate, and it was a lot of fun. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And, you know, just let me say that, you know, even if you're not a sports fan, I think there's a lot in that book uh, for the sports fan and non-sports fan alike uh, to, to get out of it. It's not just about sports. Don't let the title fool you. It's, uh, it's got some life lessons in there as well. And, it, and it's not preachy. It's a fun read. It, it, there's a lot of the fun stuff in there. So uh, uh, thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. Uh, and like I said, I've been a big fan for, for a long time. So the, the honor goes both ways here. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mutual respecto. And, <laughs> yes. and, um, and, and they can follow me on, on Twitter as well. Uh, uh, just, just my name, at AJ Mass, if they want to have any fantasy football questions uh i try and get to as many as i can there, now, so. is that, are you uh related by any chance to uh the nfl wide receiver randy moss <laughs> so one read the book right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh yes because you know we we have such an uncanny resemblance yes the family resemblance is really deep there <laughs> <laughs> and also uh with a forward by uh the talented mr roto uh matthew berry Indeed, he did a really nice job capturing the spirit of the book as well. Uh, Matthew and I go way back. We're, we're friends from college in addition to being co-workers today. So uh, he was very, very kind of, kind of uh, the prettiest girl in the room, <laughs> yeah. those of you who watch the league. Uh, pretty nice of him to do that. And uh, he's a good guy. And uh, he, just, uh, he and his wife just had a set of twins just, just this week. So uh, he's going to have his hands full for a while. So, uh, but uh, he's, uh, he's a good guy, and I appreciate him uh, helping me out. All right, everybody, there you have it. AJ Mass, uh, ESPN, and uh, lots of fun with AJ. And I want to just give a quick programming reminder for everybody to uh, tune in to the very first episode of Rob Has a Web Show. That is going to be on Tuesday morning at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, live. Uh, it's going to be a webcam show, so uh, get your cameras ready. And we're going to be very interactive, talking about all sorts of fun stuff with you guys on Tuesday. And until uh, next time, everybody, take care.